What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Drop Balls Podcast, your favorite podcaster's favorite sports podcast. Yes, you heard me right. I said your favorite podcaster's favorite sports podcast. It's your boy Chris. We back again with another episode. Um, hope you all are having a good week so far. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do your boy a favor and leave your boy that five-star rating. And if you're listening on Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening to your podcast at, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for your boy or hit that follow button, whichever one you want. Hit that follow button or that subscribe button for your boy. Um, so that way you get notified when I drop a new episode. But like I said, I hope you all are having a good week. Hope you all were able to catch up on some college football this past weekend. It was officially week one of the college football season. So I really hope you were able to get into that this weekend. Um, And we got NFL starting on Thursday. Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we get into that, I do want to let you all know that this episode is being brought to you by King's Ransom Athletic Apparel. If you have not done so, do your boy a favor and go check out krathletics.com. Hit that link down in the description and check out krathletics.com. Fellas, it is almost gray sweatpants season. So go ahead and get your gray sweatpants on. Check out King's Ransom Athletic Apparel. Ladies, we didn't forget about you either. We got sweatpants. We got hoodies. We got uh, crew neck sweatshirts, all of the above. So be sure to check it out and be sure to use the code DROPBALLS to get 15% off of your first purchase. And I'm sorry about the noise in the background. I got the door open. I am in Seattle, Washington. We don't have AC up here. So I got to have the door open so that way, you know, I can get a fresh breeze coming through because your boy would be in here sweating if I didn't. But anyway, episode is also being brought to you by Thrive Fantasy app. If you like making prop bets, come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy app. Hit that link down in the description. It will take you to the sign up page once you sign up and make your initial deposit of $20 or more. They will match you up to $50 on that initial deposit. So go ahead and prop up with us. Now, Thrive Fantasy app to take all the guesswork, all the research out of it because they because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in their respective sports. And we got football season right around the corner. Actually, not even right around the corner. It's less it's less than 24 hours away. Actually. It might be a little bit over 24 hours, but y'all get the point. Y'all get the point anyway. But come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy app. Make these prop bets. Get your Thursday night bets going um, and everything. It is available in the Google Play Store. It is also available in the Apple App Store. So go ahead and hit that link down in the description. It will take you to whatever app store that you use, whatever app store your phone use, where whether it's iOS or it's Android. Go ahead and download the app today and get to get get to making this money with your boy. Get to making your money with with your boy. Anyway, let's get started on this episode, man. So, week 1 of the NFL season starts Thursday night. We got the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady versus Dak Prescott. They did say that Dak Prescott is a go for game 1. Um, I'm looking forward to this game because I'm looking forward to seeing how this Dallas Cowboys defense is. I, I don't really have any question marks on the, the Dallas offense. One thing I do hope is that Dallas offense can get started going early rather than late. Because last year we saw that the offense got going late in games. They didn't really do do a lot early in the games. They didn't get going until late in the games when they was already, you know, playing from behind. So things start looking really good. Now, I do think Dak is going to have a really good season. But I just hope that they get started early rather than late. And tomorrow will be a test. 
They got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions. And now I know the NFL did this because it's America's team versus the defending Super Bowl champions. And it's going to bring in a lot of a lot of dollars, a lot of dollar bills for the NFL, Um, whether it's viewings, whether it's people going to the game, everything. So I know why the NFL did it, because there's no point. There's no reason for the Dallas Cowboys to be playing the defending Super Bowl champions in the first game of the NFL season. There's no reason for that. Even Dallas kicked off the preseason against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But there's no need for them to be playing the defending Super Bowl champions. But, you know, it, it's probably going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And honestly, you know, I could see Dallas upsetting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And really, it just depends on if that defense is what that defense c- could be. Because on paper, that defense should be legit. But as we've seen last year, the defense was one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year, if not the worst. Um, and cornerback play was an issue. Uh, hustle was an issue. Um, tackling was an issue. Uh, you, you saw them give up on a lot of plays and it just didn't look good for the Dallas defense. And I don't know, maybe maybe Quinn, Dan Quinn can get it going in the right direction. We'll see. I, I you know, I have my questions about that because Dan Quinn only had one top, I believe, one top 10 defense when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he inherited that Seattle, that Seattle Seahawks defense. Um, so, you know, I, I still have my question marks about Dan Quinn and we'll see if he can get it going over there in Dallas and, and get some stuff, get some stuff cooking. I'm looking forward to looking at, uh, Michael, uh, not Michael, but, uh, Parsons. Actually, I think it is Michael Parsons. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I'm looking forward to, um, hopefully Jabril Cox can get some burn. Cause I really think that Jabril Cox was it still in the draft for the Dallas Cowboys? Um, you know, I want to see if Jalen Smith is is really what, what he is. Um, you know, because he's one of those dudes where he, he has the talent, but you just don't. He has the talent, but he just actually is Micah Parsons. That's, that's where I messed up. That's my fault. Micah Parsons. But anyway. Um, Jalen Smith, you know, he has all the talent in the world, but sometimes he seems to be out of place. And, you know, I just want to see if he can if he can get back on track. Uh, then you have the Wolf Hunter and Leighton Vanderesh. I just want to see if he can stay healthy because with, with him healthy, him and Jalen Smith are, are, are nasty. And if you add Michael Parsons to that bunch, that might be a nasty, a nasty trio. But if Leighton can't stay healthy, then maybe Jabril Cox come in. And he balls out. We'll we'll see what happens. Lane Vander Esch reminds me of Sean Lee. Sean Lee was very talented at the linebacker position. He was good at the linebacker position. But Sean Lee couldn't stay healthy. And that's where Leighton Vander Esch is trending right now for his career with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see what happens, though. Like I said, we will see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. Honestly, like I said, if, if Dallas's defense shows up, I'm predicting 38 to 35 Dallas. Y'all heard it here first. I'm predicting, I'm predicting 38, 35 Dallas. I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for that. I know I am, but with that offense, I believe that offense is really good. Um, I believe the defense can be really good. Um, I know Tampa Bay is the, the defending champions. I know this. I know, I know who Tampa Bay is. I know they had a top 10 defense last year. Um, all of that. So I, I get all of that, but 
I don't know. I, I, I just have a feeling that Dallas could actually take this game. I just have a feeling. Um, but we'll see. We'll see tomorrow, Thursday night, Thursday night football. We're we going to see what happens. Um, one of the games I am looking forward to is Carson or uh, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Seattle Seahawks. This Sunday is in Indianapolis. I'm kind of pissed off about that because I wanted to be in Seattle so I could come to the, so I could go to the game up here in Seattle. But it's going to be in Indianapolis. But I'm looking forward to it because it just got announced that Carson Wentz is starting week one. I told y'all before. I think at most Carson Wentz would miss or would come back by week two. I told y'all this because we were like six weeks away from the dang. Uh, we're like six weeks away from the season. And I know like the the uh, the time frame was like five to 12 weeks, but it was because it's an injury that doesn't necessarily happen all the time in professional athletes, especially football players. But with that being said, I'm just like, you know, it, it ain't going to be that bad. I was being optimistic, I guess. Everybody else was being pessimist because of Carson Wentz injury history. But then it also happened to, to Quentin Nelson. But like I said, you know, I, I told people like, you know, we six six weeks away from the season. At most, Carson Wentz may miss two games or just miss week one and be back for week two. We're six weeks away. And now he's back. He's starting week one. He was out of the whole COVID. He had the COVID protocols that he had to go through because he came in contact with someone that caught COVID or that tested positive for COVID. But he kept testing negative and he's not vaccinated. So he went into COVID protocols. Then he got back. I believe it was last week. Um, and now he's our starter for week one and I couldn't be any happier. And not only that, but now Eric Fisher has the potential to start week one as well. After his Achilles injury that he suffered, I think it was back in or back before the Super Bowl or something like that. And he had his surgery to repair it. And now he's on the verge of coming back week one, maybe week two. We're going to, we're going to see when they finally announce the starting lineups, but maybe week two. And I told or I told people about that as well. If this was the 1970s, 1960s, then OK, I give you all that. But Eric Fisher is on the verge of coming back week one at the tennis Achilles. And so, you know, it's just a little pat on my back, because like I tell people, if I don't know sports, if you could, you could, you may tell me I don't know sports. But one thing I do know is injuries, because I've had my share of injuries. Matter of fact, I'm going through one right now where, I'm, where I had to get an MRI on the 15th. So on my knee, the knee I tore up in college. So if one thing, I know injuries. Um, but anyway, I think this news is huge that these two dudes or that Carson for sure is coming back and the potential of Eric Fisher coming back this week. Um, Quentin Nelson, I think, is back. He ha He's having some back flare ups, um, but I I'm pretty sure he'll be back week one as well because that dude's just a dog. But this to me is going to be a very good game, especially now that Carson Wentz is back. Um, people people think that it is a um, it's an elite offense versus an elite defense, and honestly, I think the offenses are a lot closer than people may give credit to. Um, one thing about it, quarterback play for sure. I'll give that to the Seattle Seahawks because I do believe that Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. And I mean, that's just factuals. That's just facts. But offensively, I think we have the better offensive line. Um, I know the Seahawks, they did go ahead and try to fix that offensive line this this offseason. 
by adding Gabe Jackson. Um, I believe Damian Lewis goes back to being the right guard. They got Dwayne Brown on the at left tackle. Um, Posick, I believe, is the center, and I forget who their right tackle is. But, uh, I mean, they should be able to hold their own over there just because that's not the blind side. The blind side is the left side where Dwayne Brown is. Um, so I, I know they tried to fix that up this year. But their question marks is still offensive line. Question marks is still at running back because can your running back stay healthy um, throughout this season? Uh, but with the Colts, like I said, we have a better offensive line. We have a healthy backfield, you know, with Jonathan Taylor and especially Naheem Hines. Um, Marlon Mack is back, but we're still waiting to see how he's going to be at full game speed. He did play some games during the preseason, but this is where games count. So we got to see how he is when games actually count and you're going number ones versus number ones. Um, now, I will say that I believe DK Metcalf is slightly better than Michael Pittman Jr. And the reason I say that is because DK is faster. I think Michael Pittman's hands are better. DK is faster. Michael Pittman runs better routes. Um, DK can take the top off the defense. Uh, Michael Pittman can also stretch the field as well. He's not as fast, but he can also stretch the field. But I think DK is just a bigger body than Michael Pittman, so he can take some of those hits across the middle. But I think Michael Pittman's route running is a lot better than DK's. Now, DK could have been working on that this offseason, but we'll see. Um, Paris Campbell, I can't say he's better than Tyler Lockett just because Paris Campbell hasn't played a full season yet. He hasn't been healthy enough to play a full season, so we'll see how that goes. Um uh, Zach Pascal, I believe, is better than any of their number three receivers they have on their roster. Um, we still have to see Dwayne Eskridge play, but I still think Zach Pascal is better than any number three that they have on their roster. Um, and now defensively, I think we have the better defense. Last year, Seattle's defense was getting torched. They were getting beat a lot last year. Um, and I think our defense is, is better than Seattle's. Now, the question for both of us is pass rush. Can we both generate a pass rush? Um, I think it'll be easier for us just because of that offensive line than it will be for the Seahawks against our offensive line. Um, but I think that I think that the Seahawks, they have more bodies to put on the defensive line because they and so they can keep people fresh. And that may be that may be able to help them, especially against the Colts. That may be able to help them um, win at the line. Just because, like I said, you can keep your players fresh, keep them coming in and out, in and out, um, and keep fresh bodies in there, fresh legs. So I, I think that may help the Seahawks over the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think our defensive line has that much depth. But we'll we'll see. We'll see on Sunday. Um, the linebacker position, I mean, besides Darius Leonard, I think that's our best, that's our best linebacker. Um, and I mean, Bobby Wagner is their best linebacker. So it... it Honestly, I think the teams match up very well. Uh, their biggest question, though, on defense is that back end. Are the safeties good enough? I mean, we know Jamal Adams is good, but he's he's not really that good in pass coverage. He's good in the run, and he's good uh, blitzing. But pass coverage, he is not his strongest suit. Also, the cornerback position, they have Trey Flowers, and they have uh, DJ Reed. I believe that's his name, DJ Reed. Um and DJ Reed is, is solid. I mean, he played very well for them last year when he had to come in because uh, DBs were hurt and stuff like that. So he was he was pretty solid. But my my thing is now is now you're the number one. You're the number one corner on that roster. 
um, you're going to have to go against the number ones all the time. Every single down. Well, they don't really switch like that, but you're going to have to go against the number ones um, and you're going to have to make it do what it do. And I don't know if he can do that over a full season or over a full game, to be honest. And like I said, I could be wrong because he, he was pretty solid when he came in. Um, when, when players went down, when he came in and he had to be the starting corner, when players went down, he was solid. Like I said, I just want to see it over a full season. I want to see that consistently before I say, okay, yeah, he, he is what he is. Um, but we got Xavier Rose. We got Kenny Moore, who were both very solid in coverage last year. Rocky Sin, um, coming off is our, I believe our third corner. He may be our starting corner and put Kenny Moore in the slot. I don't, I'm not sure how they're going to do that. Um, but, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I think our corners are slightly better. Not not slightly. I think our corners are better than the Seattle Seahawks corner. So I think we have them beat there where I think our receivers can do some damage. Um, our run game, that's where we're going to have an issue with because, like I said, I think their defensive line and their linebackers are pretty, pretty solid. Um, it was mainly last year passing game was getting was eating them up on defense. Um, and especially when your safety had the most sacks on the team. And he only played probably like 10 games and had the most sacks on the team. I believe he had like Jamal Adams had like nine and a half sacks last year or nine sacks, something like that. But that, that's a that's a problem. So we're, we're going to see if Seattle could create a pass rush, if they can get that done. Now, they do have a new offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron. Um, I think as long as uh, as long as Chris Carson can stay healthy. I think that he's going to do really well in that offense, in that scheme. They also add Gerald Everett as a tight end. I like Gerald Everett a lot. I think, shoot, Seattle has a better tight end than we do. Um, I I mean, Jack Doyle is cool and Mo Ali Cox, they're cool, but I would rather have Gerald Everett because I think Gerald Everett is very talented. And now it's time that he can show his skills. He can really show what he has. Um, But we're going to see, man. Like I said, I think we match up very well. Our defense, I think, is better than theirs. I think their offense is better. I don't think it's superior, but I, th- I do think it's, like, I don't think it's, like, that much better, if I'm being honest. I don't think their offense is that much better because if you go across the board, there's a few positions that we, I think we topped them out on. And, um, and I mean, that's just how, that's just the way I see it. But I, I think this is going to be a, re- a very good game. Um, I I don't know, man. And, and like Trey Flowers is is another one of their starting corners. This is what I'm saying. Like, I think our receivers are really going to eat against their DBs. And I don't know what Trey Flowers has on Pete Carroll, but I don't understand how he's been able to make all of these roster cuts. There's no way in hell he should be. He should still be out there for the Seattle Seahawks. And like they cut a kilo with a spoon, what, two weeks ago or last week. So and, and kept Trey Flowers. So I don't understand how. Trey Flowers has been able to make all of these roster cuts again. I don't know what he got on Pete Carroll, but it must be a hell of a secret because there's no way in hell he makes those roster cuts. He's he's just not that good. Um, and I mean, I mean, he's in the NFL, so he's good. But I'm just saying, like, really, like, he's not that good. <laughs> like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, when it, when you compare the talent. Uh, the talent levels in the NFL, he's not that good. He may, He's better than, like, a regular Joe Smo, but when you compare the talent levels, Trey Flowers just ain't that dude. He he constantly gets beat. He's constantly holding uh, P.I., like, all of that. Like, that that's Trey Flowers. So I'm, I'm surprised they kept him. Like I said, he he must have a hell of a secret on Pete Carroll. Some, he got something on him. 
Um, but yeah, that's my preview for the Seahawks in the in the Colts game. Um, I do think the Colts take this game. I think it's gonna be very a very uh close game though. I think we win by a field goal. Um, I'm not predicting the score, but I think we win by a field goal. And while we're on the topic of the Indianapolis Colts, though, I do want to take time to predict their record. Now, previously I said I could see them going 11 and 6, 12 and 5. Um, and after looking at their schedule, we have a very top heavy schedule, um, especially in the front half of the season. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, the front half of the season, as if you, you know, if that's what you want to say, but. Uh, we start the season off against Seattle, the Rams, Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore. Then we got a, a cupcake game against Houston. Then it's right back to San Francisco, Tennessee. Then in two more cupcake games, New York Jets, Jacksonville Jaguars. Then we go to Buffalo. Then we play Tampa Bay. Then we beat Houston again. Uh, then we got our bye week in week 14. Week 15, we go to New England. Or we play against New England, not go to New England. Um, week 16, we go to Arizona. Week 17, we play against Vegas. And then week 18, we play against Jaguars again. So, to me, the Jaguars in Houston, those are four four dubs. We play them twice a year. Those are four dubs to me. Tennessee, I think we split one. So, that's what, five and uh, that's five and one. I think we split. Seattle, I think we can win Seattle. So, that's six. Um, LA, I think is going to be a very tough game. I think we lose that game versus LA. We do play at home. So that's interesting, but I think we lose that game against LA, um, moving us to like six and two, uh, Miami. It depends on quarterback play for against Miami. Their defense is solid. Um, but it depends on quarterback play on both ends. And I think we, I think we can beat Miami. So there's another game. Um, then we go, then we play at Baltimore. I think we played Baltimore last year. I can't I can't remember. Maybe it was the year before um, we played at Baltimore, and I think we lost that game. Uh, I could be wrong. I I remember us playing Baltimore. I just don't remember what year it was. To be honest, um, it might have been a few years ago. To to <laughs> to be, be completely honest with you, but I remember us playing Baltimore, um, and I, I think we lost that game. But I think it was a pretty good game. But anyway, uh, I think we may lose that game. Uh, San Francisco, that's an L, especially if Trey Lance is playing. I believe that's an L. Uh, <laughs> New York's a dub. Uh, Buffalo and Tampa. Oh, man. Uh, we were very close last year against Buffalo. Honestly, I think it depends on Carson Wentz against Buffalo. If Carson Wentz can can get us get us in a in a good position against Buffalo. Um and that's if he's healthy. It's week eleven. So that's if he's healthy. Um I think we could win that game. I, I know everybody's saying Buffalo is is poised to to make it to the to the championship game. But last year and in the play in the playoffs, we we fumbled the ball. <laughs> Literally we fumbled the ball. Um, Philip Rivers played an amazing game, but I believe it was Zach Pascal last year who fumbled um, and gave the ball back to Buffalo in the in the in the last few minutes of the game, and we ended up losing, and you know, going from there. But I I think we could beat Buffalo depending on our quarterback play. Tampa, I think we lose that game. 
And yes, I know I just said Dallas would win the game. But if y'all remember last year, Tampa got it rolling late in the season. I think they may be able to do that again this year. Um, do they make the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Uh, I think we win against Arizona. I think we beat New England. I um, think we beat Vegas. And I think we beat Jacksonville. So that really, to end the season, that's a five-game win streak. So like I said, I can see 11-6, and 12-5. I can see that actually being a realistic goal for us. Um, and, and I think we can get there. I think we can get there and then make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to another one of my teams that uh, played this past weekend. The Miami Hurricanes. If y'all know me, y'all know I'm a big Hurricanes fan. Um, FSU lost this weekend, by the way. Just want to make sure everybody knows that because I don't want to hear any FSU fans talking any trash about us losing to Alabama 44 to 13 because y'all lost to Notre Dame, which is no way in hell anywhere close to Alabama if we being real. But anyway, let's talk about the Miami Hurricanes. Um, you know, I have confirmed the U is officially not back. If the U was back, we could have it, it would have been a, a better game than what it was. Um, now, do I think they can win games this season? I think they'll win a lot of games this season. I think we, you know, get a bowl game and all of that. We're going to win more than six games. But I think Miami is a really good team. But I think that they're not on that level of being back yet. Because if you remember the U in the 90s and the early 2000s, those Miami teams, they could hang with the big dogs. This Miami, te- These Miami teams lately... We can't hang with the big dogs, but we can hang in the conference unless we're playing unless we were playing Clemson. Like, you know, I think last year and the year before last or whatever, um, the year we played for the ACC championship. We weren't we didn't. Nah, we weren't we weren't it. But when it comes to like the middle of the pack and, you know, a little upper tier, we're there. We're just not at the top, you know, the top of the top, the best of the best. Um, We're not there yet. I don't know if we'll get there anytime soon because there's been a lot of seasons where, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, this Miami team is going to be legit. This Miami team is going to be legit. I think it was back in 2015 where we, you know, we were going, we had went undefeated for like the longest. And then we just hit a rough patch. We got beat. Um, we lost to Pittsburgh. We got blown out by Pittsburgh at the end of the season. And it was just downhill after that. Um, I think we lost the conference championship. We or yeah, the ACC championship. We lost the bowl game. It, it was just bad for for Miami, um, and it happens like that every year. And it, there's a couple reasons why. Like if you watch this Alabama game, it's some of the same things that's been going on. Uh, even when Manny Diaz was the defensive coordinator under not Frank Reich, but uh, the the I forget his name, the coach that used to coach at Georgia, then came to Miami. Um, even then, like defense was missing tackles, and we saw that a lot against Alabama. They were missing tackles. Um, they fell asleep in coverage. Now they have some good, uh, you know, some good DBs. It's just that they fall asleep in coverage. They is I don't know if they get bored. I don't know what it is, but they fall asleep in coverage a lot, and it causes for other teams to have big plays. There was one that happened against you know Alabama that I'm gonna talk about in a in a little bit. Um, they tackle with their helmets down, so they get they get ejected a lot for targeting. Like Bubba Bolden got got ejected, I believe, in like the second quarter for um, hitting the hitting Alabama's running back. Uh, what's what's his name? Um, what's the boy name? Uh, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson. My bad for the airplane in the background. Like I said, the door is open. But um, 
Brian Robinson was going down to the ground already. And then here comes Bubba Bowden with his head down and hit some leading with the crown of his helmet and hit some right in the right in the head. And they eject Bubba Bowden, which is our best DB. He's our safety. He's our best DB on the field at any given moment. He's probably going to be a first round draft pick this year um, or this coming this coming draft. But I mean, he's he's legit. But once again, the issue is missing tackles and tackling with your head down. You can't do that. You know you're going to get targeted or you're going to get called for targeting every time you do that. Um, And then not only that, but so Alabama was up like 20-something to three at halftime. I believe it was 27 to three at halftime. Um, Then we come back after the half and and we, we drive downfield. Miami drives downfield. We get all the way down to like the one inch yard line. <laughs> um, we're damn near about to score. And fourth down, we run a quarterback draw from shotgun. And it gets stopped. And I'm just like, why did we run that? Now, Rhett Lashley, I think he's a great offensive coordinator. But in that, in that instance, why did we run a QB draw out of shotgun on goal line? Then we gave the ball back to them. Um, back to Alabama, we had their backs against the wall. Like I said, we got stopped on the goal line. We got stopped in the red zone on the goal line. Um, And then it's third and five. All we have to do is get this one stop, and then we get the ball back in great field position. Third and five, balls on the six-yard line, Alabama's backs against the wall, and then Bryce Young drops back and hits Jamison Williams on a corner route for a 94-yard touchdown. This is where I'm talking about we fall asleep in coverage. And then just right right off the line, like right off the line, Williams had DJ Ivy beat, which is our, our corner. He had DJ Ivy beat right off the line. And then uh, as DJ Ivy was was leaning, leaning forward and grabbing and, and trying to do all of that, he just got burnt up the field for a corner route. It was a corner route. And then Gervin Hall, our safety, was just stuck in the mud in the middle of the field. Like, he he was just there too long. And I understand there was an underneath crossing route. And so he was probably waiting for that to cross to see what was going on. But they were, they're in man coverage. So if the dude, if you see the DB running with him, just drop back. You see this corner route. And you see your man beat. Like, you see him legit beat. Drop to that corner route because that's going to be the one that, that was the one that was the heavy hitter. And Williams took it 94 yards for a touchdown. He was off to the races after that. So, I mean, there's some stuff that needs to be cleaned up. And let's talk about Bryce Young for a minute because uh, for his first, like, first official start of him at the helm of the offense, bro looked amazing. Um, I mean, he's a young quarterback, but he looked every bit of what we thought he was going to be. Bryce Young was back there reading coverage, changing off the offensive line scheme. Um, reading the defense, doing all of that to get into the right the right uh, blocking scheme and everything with the offensive line and the running back. And he even on scrambles, like he kept his eyes downfield. Like he wasn't looking, he wasn't running to to like he wasn't getting out escaping the pocket to run. He was escaping the pocket with the with the thought of still throwing the ball downfield. And he made some amazing throws doing that. Um our pass rush wasn't terrible, but they didn't get to him. They created their offensive line created lanes for him to to run. Um, I mean, we got back there a couple of times, but then there was gaps open where he could escape and and keep his eyes downfield, keep the ball loaded, and make a throw downfield. And he did that a lot in that game against Alabama, or against Miami. So you know, hats off to him. He he looks every bit of amazing. He looks like the Heisman front runner. Everybody came in this year talking about uh, 
how uh, Sam Howell, um, Spencer Rattler, who doesn't really look that great to me, um, and and some of these other ones, uh, some of these other quarterbacks. But Bryce Young looked really good. Um, he, he really did. But for Miami, you know, I, I like Cameron Harris, our, our running back duo, Cameron Harris and Donald Chaney. Um, they look pretty good. I mean, they only averaged about three yards a piece or 3.5 yards or something like that a piece. But I think, you know, if it wasn't Alabama, they would have looked a lot better. I mean, like I said, it's Alabama. That's just the thing is we're not we're not at that point yet. Um, but I need Will Mallory, our tight end. I need Charleston Rambo and Mike Carley to step up. Somebody has to come up and be, you know, somebody has to step up and prove that they're going to be a playmaker. And that's why we got Charleston Rambo. I mean, he transferred to Miami. Uh, Mike Harley came back. So we're expecting him to be, you know, this big threat, this big uh, deep threat on our team. Uh, Restrepo, he had a pretty decent game. He had a third a, a touchdown in the third quarter. And I believe he had like three catches for 50 yards. And I don't understand why we didn't try to go downfield more because every time we attacked Alabama downfield, um, Restrepo actually caught a, a touchdown off of us attacking Alabama downfield. But every other time it seemed like we got a PI call. Every time we attacked them downfield because Alabama's DBs, they were doing a lot of grabbing and pulling um, and, and everything. So it seemed like we could get them with that and we could get into field position to where we could, you know, we could we could do some things. Now, I know PI is only 15 yards and that's why Alabama is OK with giving those up. But even if you look how aggressive they were trying to be, um, whenever you saw them beat or even just running downfield with the receiver, you see them grabbing and pulling and doing everything. So I, I thought we should have took some more deep shots. And I don't know if it was because of our offensive line and they, you know, they don't really, they want to give uh, Derek King some time back there. So they trying to get some quick throws off. They want to give him, not give him some time, but, you know, not let him get hit too much just because he's coming back from that torn ACL. But, um, and I don't know if maybe that's the issue where they're just trying to buy him some time. So that way he can, he can just get the ball off quickly rather than getting the ball down the field or pushing the ball downfield, but I would like to see us make some, you know, you know, make some plays down the field a lot more. Um, we got Appalachian State next, so we'll see what happens with that, but, you know, I'm looking forward to the season. I think Miami's going to have a good season, and they're going to show that Alabama really made it look that easy. I think, and y'all heard me last week when I talked about Alabama, um, they're going to show that Alabama made this look very easy for, for them to, to win this game. Um, that Miami is not really a bad team, but Alabama is just that damn good. And I think that's going to show in these coming weeks, especially with Miami and Alabama, it's going to show that, you know, it, it was easy for Alabama. It was just easy for Alabama because Alabama's a top tier program. And speaking of last week, I do want to say this. I made some comments about Mac Jones last week and actually my comments were wrong. Um, I really so I was looking up some stats from Mac Jones back in high school and I thought he only played two games. Um, and that he was a walk-on to Alabama. And come to find out, he actually had a scholarship going to Kentucky um, and was committed to Kentucky and then ended up switching his commitment to Alabama or whatever. And he was a four-star recruit coming out of, out of high school. But I know he went to Bowles High School um, down there in Jacksonville, Florida, from the crib. But uh, he didn't only play two games. He actually played two years. Um, and I think one of the years he led his team to or led Bowles to a state championship um, so I wanted to correct that because I was wrong in, in, in my take with that last week. So I want to just, you know, correct that on air um, and, and everything. Because I know my, my boy Damian Adams from Real Deal with Damian Adams, he 
uh, spoke on that on his last episode this past or, you know, a couple that he dropped a couple of days ago. Um, he had spoke on that. And so I know he had gave gave the information that I that I had said. And so I wanted to correct the information that I said because it was wrong. Um, but, yeah, so Mac Jones, he he really hasn't faced that much adversity. But um, I mean, coming into Alabama and having to sit behind Jalen Hurts and, and uh, Tua, I, I know that's a that that could be a lot, especially when you was a four star recruit. And probably could go start somewhere else, but um, but nah, he like I said, he took Bowles to a, a national championship. He played two years in high school, got a scholarship to Kentucky, Alabama, and some other schools. Chose out, chose Alabama ultimately. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to correct that. But um, man, that's all I have for you all today. It told y'all it was gonna be a very short episode. It wasn't gonna be like you know the usual hour long episode, but uh, hope you all enjoyed the episode. Be sure to follow your boy on Twitter at DropBallsPod and on Instagram. It's the same name at DropBallsPod. The link will be down in the or yeah, the link will be down in the description. So go ahead and click on that. Follow your boy. I follow back. Um, I love to interact on social media, especially about sports. So have a lot of fun on social media. Um, and you know, until next time, y'all be easy. Enjoy the football season. Enjoy week one of the NFL season. I will be back next week with some more takes about week one and some more college football. Um, But like I said, y'all be easy, be safe, and until next time.